You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. So glad that you've joined us. We're talking about this very important principle in Scripture that God takes curses that are uttered against His children and He flips them, turns them into blessing. Nehemiah 13, 2 Howbeit our God turned the curse into a blessing. We're going to go look at another New Testament example. Uh, As the church grew, the need arose for deacons to be appointed to help with the daily administration of food. But these deacons were more than just servants. These guys were ministers of the gospel. So I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. One of these deacons was Stephen. He was full of faith and power and did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, who began to dispute with Stephen. Now, the capital of Cilicia was Tarsus, and this is the hometown of Saul of Tarsus, the the man who would become Apostle Paul. I have no doubt that he's one of the people who is arguing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Now, this is interesting to me because earlier the scriptures talk about these apostles of Jesus, how that the Sanhedrin took note of them, that they'd been with Jesus, but they also knew that they were ignorant and unlearned men. They were extraordinarily bold, but Stephen is not talked about like that. The scripture says about him that they could not resist the wisdom by which he spoke. He was cut out of a different cloth. He had some real education and training in the Scripture. Then they secretly induced men to say, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council, being the Sanhedrin. They also set up false witnesses who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. Now, and all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. The grace of God was on him, and there was no malice in Stephen toward them. And you could see it. You could see that he was not biting his tongue, waiting to rail on them. Uh, They asked him to defend himself. And so he gave an incredible uh, disposition of what he believed, and it just was fabulous the way that he uh, preached the word to them. And, uh, And it was very convicting. And so he said, as he finishes in verse 56, Acts chapter 7, actually I'm going to read verse 55, but he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. So he saw the Shekinah that was in the temple uh, at uh, the the beginning of uh, the temple with uh, Solomon. Uh, Now the Shekinah originated in heaven. He sees it there and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopping their ears, and ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Uh, so this was considered uh, an act of approval to watch the clothing of the people who were actually doing the stoning. And Saul was really a sponsor of this. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not, lay, uh, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now Saul was consenting unto his death. So this Saul of Tarsus wanted to see him dead. He continued to persecute the church. Acts chapter 8 and verse 3, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now this is what launched Philip out on his ministry. We covered that in the last lesson. But Saul was a persecution machine. He wasn't going to let up. I want to read from Acts chapter 26, and this is Saul speaking in his own words about what he did. And so it's recorded in Acts 26, verse 9. Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. So he said, I not only had people thrown into prison, I had people killed. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. So I went wherever I heard there were a group of them meeting. I was determined to stop it all. Uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 1 begins with this verse. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder, against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. And uh, he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He's bringing mothers uh, with little children into bondage. And no doubt some of them were executed. This is a hard-hearted man. He is really, really fighting. But here's what happens as he's on the road. Uh, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads or kick against the pricks. Now this is interesting. Jesus said to him, your conscience is not clear. You know that what you're doing is wrong. You are finding it very difficult to do this because your conscience keeps pricking you. And Saul was trembling and astonished. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless. They heard a voice, but they couldn't see anybody. And Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him 
to Damascus, and he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Even though he opened his eyes, couldn't see anything. So three days he was without sight. He needed help. Now, what God wanted to show him is that it was not enough for him to have a relationship with God, but he also needed to have a relationship with the people of God. In other words, God's not going to remove the blindness from his eyes until one of Christ's representatives comes, and that would be a man named Ananias. Interesting, there's a previous Ananias in Acts chapter 5 who was crooked and who dies under judgment. Here is a good Ananias, and it's as if the Lord is redeeming the name. Uh, Just a few chapters later, four chapters later, here's an Ananias who puts his neck on the line for the cause of Christ by going to Saul of Tarsus. Now let's read verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here am I, Lord. The Lord said to him, Arise, go into the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Now, Ananias is concerned about this. He said, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, what I want you to see from all of this is that here is a man who totally changes, totally turns from darkness to light, from being an enemy of Christ into being a mouthpiece for Christ. And it shakes up the whole world. The persecution stops in its tracks. Uh, it, the, the churches had rest in Judea as soon as this happened uh, because this just took the, the bite out of the, the persecutors. I think that one of the greatest things that could happen in our day is that we see some more Saul of Tarsus conversions. And I think it's something that we ought to make a matter of prayer. We ought to pray that God would turn people who are known for their bitterness against the church and against the message of Christ and somehow flip them to a love for Jesus and to a willingness to be a mouthpiece. That would be a wonderful sign, and it's how the church began. And I say it on this authority. I believe we're in the closing days of the church of the Lord Jesus on earth. That doesn't mean five years, 20 years. I don't know. I just know we're near the end season. This is what I would say, that God seems to be very much fixed upon full circle fulfillments, meaning that how he begins something is how he ends something. And if he began the church with the conversion of a great enemy toward the things of God, wouldn't it be great if it happened again? And not just once, but time and time and time again. I hope you will join me in praying for that end. That's how God turns curses into blessings. See you tomorrow.
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.